Hey, this is Stu Block with Iced Earth, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hello out there, you Metal Shred fans. This is David Shankel of DSG, Devil Land, and formerly of Man of War, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks, Shred On. Hi, everyone. This is Daniel from Inflames, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, guys. This is Bjorn from Inflames, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Welcome to episode 269 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, Sean, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Starting off this episode, we have an interview with Bjorn from In Flames. I had a chance to talk to Bjorn during their recent stop at Stay JE here in Pittsburgh. Right now, In Flames is out on the road supporting their 2014 release, Siren Charms. Before we get to that interview, though, here's a track from that album entitled Everything's Gone. Ladies and gentlemen, with me, I've got Bjorn from In Flames. How are you doing today, Bjorn? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, thanks. Uh, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Um, right now, you guys are out on the road on the second leg of the Charming America tour with uh, All That Remains and Periphery. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how the tour is going? Sure, yeah, it's actually the third leg okay, in the yeah. U.S. We've done three one-month-long tours over the last six months. Right. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's been busy, and we love it. We love touring over here. and. Uh, uh, now, especially when the spring comes and, and starts to get right. warm everywhere, um, the tour's going great. Um, the guys we're out with, Periphery and All That Remains, are great dudes. We didn't know the Periphery guys before, but they're they're awesome bunch of kids. Right. Anyway, <laughs> no, they're really really cool guys, and they they play fantastically. And uh, same with the All That Remains guys, we've we've toured with them before. Right. Yeah. Um, great bunch of dudes and, and gal, as we said. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just hanging out, just fun. Cool. Um, 
Now, you guys, back in September, released the uh, newest album, Siren Charms. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, the production leading up to Siren Charms? Um, and then I guess you guys recorded it at a famous studio in Berlin. Yeah, 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 we did. Um, so can you talk a little bit about you know the process between writing the songs and, and how uh, In Flames uh, puts together an album? <laughs> well, I, that, that, this might be a long answer. <laughs> uh, no, but honestly, it normally starts with... Um, riffs and melodies in my head that I, uh, I tried to get on tape in a way. I use my Pro Tools system. It's right. um, super easy setup, so whenever I have an idea, I just go up to the attic where I have it, press play on tape, basically, and or record on tape, and then I just record stuff and ideas. And I, I start build, building bits and snippets of songs, and eventually I have something I think sort of resembles a song, and then I start bouncing the ideas off of the other guys and especially with Anders mm -hmm. um, to get his input on it and also to give him a chance to put his vocal melodies on top there so right. I want them to be integrated in the music instead of what we did back in the day it's basically me and Jesper at the time just did the song and it was done mm -hmm. and here you go put your vocals on top right you know and that's first not very inspiring mm -hmm. also it doesn't really add to the song um, if you do it that way and this way I can actually work around the lyrics or vocal lines a bit and you know put put the energy in where you need it instead of just having it all over right. um, making it way more dynamic and everything so that's sort of how, how it comes together I need to have Daniel's input on the drums I need to have Peter's input on the bass me and Nick talk a lot about how, how to do certain things and it's um, I, I'd say it's a group effort it starts with me mm -hmm. and then goes to the other guys but it's it wouldn't it could never end with me right you know and, uh, do you rough out like bass and drum tracks too? I do I do I program uh, drums just very roughly because right. I don't want to color his ideas either mm -hmm. so I just do if there's something really important I'll make sure he knows what's important uh, for the riff or whatever same with the bass I'll do something simple and if there's something I have an idea that works good with the guitars I'll, I'll tell him like maybe you could try something like this and and hopefully it'll turn out, you know, with their sound, it will turn into in flames. You know? Right, right. Now, do you write when you're on the road, or do you... Um... I'm super lazy, so no. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, uh, I have the means of right. doing it. Um, I just don't... Tour mode is a different mode from writing mode. Right. You know, for me, it always has been. Um, so, no, I, I've been very lazy that way. I kind of need a deadline. You know, right. we we would like to have the album out by you know, let's say summer or whatever. Then I know when to start working. Now you guys recorded this at Hanson Studios in Berlin um, mm -hmm. instead of Gothenburg, where I think you guys recorded most of your albums before. Can you talk about why you guys chose to go to the studio? Or? Sure. Yeah. It's uh, well, we've done records on numerous. Right. This was our number eleven record, eleventh right. record, right? Yeah. So we had time to to explore different studios, but. This time around, Anders, uh, was he's got his own label, mm -hmm. and I think one of his bands were down in uh, in Berlin for uh, to check out the studio or whatever it was, and he went with them, and um, and he just fell in love with the studio, because the, that place has so much history. Right, right. You got David Bowie there, you got Iggy Pop, you got U2, you got Depeche Mode mixed albums there. And it's like uh, one of the few really cool studios left in the world, you know, right. with all this history. And Berlin, uh, is how how however the first impression might be very gray and stiff and it's a vibrant really cool city mm -hmm. uh, 
Um, so of course he fell in love with all this and he just called us and said guys I know exactly where we're going to record <laughs> we know who we wanted to record with and we, we knew who we wanted to mix it so it was a, it was very simple when the, the idea came we just all agreed on it right away right. so we spent six weeks down there um, doing all the recordings um, I think he waited a long time to create his lyrics so it was very pressured <laughs> towards the end but it was he needed the feedback like right. not only from like the musical feedback from you know from, from what we wrote but also the, the vibe of the city we came straight from a summer off our right. first summer off in 15 20 years uh, so I mean you can't write about barbecuing right taking a swim and hanging out with your family and friends That's you know important it's, stuff too. It, mean, it's super important stuff but it's not what you right. fill your lyrics with right? right right so you had to get in the mood and, and that it put a lot of pressure on him and it was I think an experiment from his side mm -hmm. to see if it was possible to do it and and it was it turned out great so I'm, I'm super happy and proud about it yeah I, I it's, a, it's a great album I was really really happy with it I know it's gotten like some feedback yeah, back but, and forth but, but we've done people keep forgetting that this is what happened yeah with us every record we release right. Well, you know, can you, we kind of split our audience every time. Well, I mean, you gain more yeah. fans too. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's a natural thing. It's I always say this, but it's actually the truth. I'm I'm like a, the biggest Ronnie James Dio fan. Right. I, he's my house guy. He, he's one of the reasons why I'm doing this. But I can't say that the last two albums was awesome right. because that's but because I grew up with the early ones mm -hmm. and that was something that really hit me right here in the heart you know? right. and, and it's it's not because it's bad craftsmanship not at all on That's the contrary it's actually really well made it just didn't strike that note with me right you know it's a taste thing it's, it's just that's all it is and I respect and appreciate the fact that people do the same with our albums because mm -hmm. that means people at least have an opinion right you know they actually gave it a chance to listen to it and it's I mean it's going to touch everyone differently too like you mentioned and it's, it's that's the thing with music it's, you know? the, yeah, it's the greatest thing about yeah, music too I love it um, now you guys have been around for 20 some years right? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Um, how do you grow as a band musically you know like you mentioned before every album is kind of different and expands mm -hmm. is that a conscious decision or is that just something yeah. that, that happens no no it's a total conscious we, we don't want to do the same record over right. and over again we've done the gestures we've done Clayman you know Right. We've done soundtrack to your escape. We've, we, we've done all those albums. So what we want to do is, I mean, in a way, you, I'd say that we always carry with us what we have done. Mm -hmm. But if you put somebody in the middle of this, like a new somebody who's never heard Influence before, right. they listen to Siren Charms and then they listen to Jesteries and they think it's two different bands. Right. But it is. You have to remember, it's twenty years in between. Exactly. Eleven albums <laughs> or ten at that time. You know? Right. So we evolve and we need to evolve we need to stay interested and, mm -hmm. and uh, curious and right. have fun and challenge ourselves a bit. I, I guess that I think most bands or musicians would say the same thing because mm -hmm. it's we're not it's not a factory you right. know you're not doing the 9 to 5 this is a, a ex, extremely cool opportunity to express exactly. your music right. you know we're super fortunate to do this uh, and we know it Mm -hmm. And we pr appreciate every moment of it. So we want to do the best. We need to stay true to ourselves. If we don't, that would be selling out. Right. Trying to conform into a genre or a trend exactly. or whatever. You'll always be the second one on the ball or maybe the third or fourth. I mean, in this, this way, 
at least we're true to ourselves. Right. You know, we can stand on stage, play our songs, even though some people don't like it, we couldn't give a fuck, right. <laughs> honestly. Well, and honestly, I think even though there is that progression, that change and that, you know, growth over the years, you know, if you listen to, you know, if you pick a few tracks off of each one of those mm -hmm. albums, throw them in a playlist and listen to it, you can hear that, and you can hear it's in flames all yeah, the way that, through. Yeah, that's, I think that that's the main thing, too. No matter what kind of music we do, I mean, unless we do a country record, <laughs> which we would never do, obviously. Right. But I mean, you would always hear. That's one of I think the strength of, of this band is that we we have our sound. It okay. took us a couple of years to develop it, right. but the only way of staying true to that is doing what you want to do, exactly. not what you're expected to do or what you think other people would want you to do. Now, being around for as long as you guys have, you know, do you start to hear, you know, your influence in other bands, and you have bands come up to you like, oh yeah, you know, you influenced us. And yeah, how's that yeah. make you feel as, oh, as an artist? It makes you super proud, obviously. It's, and also, I think the cool th when it really makes you proud is when some people, bands come up to you and say, well, I listened a lot to you guys back when we started out, and so we used that influence, and then they created something, of, of their on their own, you know. Yeah. Which might have a tad or a, you know, some a vibe from whatever they got inspired from by us, and created something new. That's the cool thing, you know. Right. That makes you really proud, and, and yeah, it's like you've been, uh, it's like you're related in a way. You know? Right. It's my right. offspring in a way, <laughs> well, in a weird way. No, but it's, and I think it's inevitable, being around for, for the the amount of time that we've been around and making so much music there's bound to be somebody at least listening to it and, right. and, what, and being inspired by it and, and it's uh, but it's nevertheless it's a super humbling and very uh, cool experience talking to people that that actually are in bands today creating their own thing well going back to like when you first started who were your biggest influences I grew up with uh, my dad has had the best record collection ever so right. I Ronnie obviously has been one of his biggest heroes too uh, but growing up with Deep Purple Sabbath Van Halen right. um, Whitesnake you know, all these band, later you know uh, Judas Priest and everything mm -hmm. you know, all these things just made me want to do what I do right. and I uh, actually never thought about how it would be as a grown up <laughs> <laughs> this is the only thing I know how to do right. the only thing I want to do um, and I've been very blessed when it comes to this. Are you surprised that you're still able to do this? Did you think yeah, that you'd be able to go as long as you have? No, this is not something you plan. Right. I mean, not for me at least. There, there are some really dedicated and ambitious people out there that actually can decide what they want to do. Right. I'm not one of them. <laughs> I, I, just, I just feel very lucky being able to do this with some of the best dudes in the world right. hanging out, being on this journey together. Because it is a long fucking journey, yeah. an awesome one, you know. Seeing the whole world, playing in front of a bunch of cool people, you know, hanging out with some of the bands you grew up listening to, right, right. That's being able to be. tour with them, mm -hmm. doing the festivals together with them, it's a uh, yeah, we're blessed. Now you recently uh, collaborated with Epiphone for a signature guitar. Um, can you talk a little bit about how that came to be and the development of that guitar? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, it's something I, I've been very hesitant when it comes to doing signature guitars because me growing up um, we didn't have a lot of money right. so I played shit guitars 
my whole upbringing. And the first time I played a Gibson, because that's the guitar I always wanted, right. a Les Paul, right? Yeah. The Black Beauty. That's that's what I always wanted to play. And the first time I got my hands on one, um, some dudes in Sweden working together with Gibson gave me a sort of a discount, like because mm. we were sort of established as a band, so maybe they saw some fucking reason to do it. I don't know what. <laughs> and I just fell in love with it. It's like oh. Gotta have this guitar, but I also realized that nobody's gonna buy a Bjorn Gibson custom for you know four thousand bucks. Right. Who's gonna buy that? So I've been always been hesitant because I see a lot of those out there, like uh, Zach Wilde's doing it, but he's a huge dude, you know, and Slash is doing it. He's a huge dude. Who's gonna care about Bjorn, right? So I never wanted to do it. Uh, we talked about it on and off for years. And uh, eventually, Epiphone, uh, actually it was the Gibson guys in Germany that, that put me in contact with the Epiphone guys. And they said, Let, let's do something. And I said, well, I'm not sure. Because I grew up having shit guitars. I don't want to, and Epiphone is not a shit guitar. But the, the, it's actually <laughs> rather the opposite. Right. But I don't want it to be expensive or like out of reach mm-hmm. for kids. And I don't want it to be a budget guitar. Right. So we based it all on my number one Gibson. It's all the same materials. It's all the same. Um, what do you call it? Hardware. Everything's the same. Right. It just has a little jester head. Yeah, it's got the jester head. It just has the Epiphone right. head, right? So it, it's essentially a magnificent piece of mm-hmm. instrument, and I've played it since I got the first prototype. Right. And I'm super proud of it. So it's. Well, they've been fantastic helping me out and the first prototypes I got was already like this is I, I don't even need to right I don't even need to work anything on this this is great and I've used it since you know so this it's been on the road with me for well I guess a hundred shows now something wow. like that and, uh, it's is that just they just fantastic. came out like a couple months ago right? no it will be out oh okay yeah out I yet. think June July sometime okay. it's uh it's a I'm amazed the guys are doing a great job and as I said I was very hesitant and I didn't really believe this could be possible right having it affordable and having that kind of quality I, I was looking for so I'm oh, I'm not yeah. trying to sell it here that, right, I'm just right. saying you'll see me later playing on it so yes. you'll understand yeah. cool yeah I mean I have an Epiphone guitar yeah. an Epiphone Les Paul it was my first Les Paul yeah. and it's uh, I love it and it's, yeah. it's, it's a great I love guitar. it I love the weight of it mm-hmm. I, love, I love the way it plays I love uh, just the way it looks so yeah I'm very proud daddy right now. <laughs> well, um, you got Rock and the Range this weekend. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to that? Very much so. We did it once before and it was great. Right. Really cool experience. Reach a lot of people that probably wouldn't go to an Inflames show. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's a good opportunity to, to you know, showcase your stuff. Right. It's not going to be a long set. Right, right. But, um, but it's, yeah, it's a really good opportunity. A lot of cool people there. A lot of good bands oh, on the yeah. scene. So, yeah. How do you pick a set list? Yeah. A headlining set. And don't, ask, know, yeah, <laughs> don't ask, man. Don't ask, man. Already a headline set is hard. Right. Uh, Eleven records, you know. Yeah. It's 150 songs plus. Wow. How, how do you choose? Exactly. An hour 30 or an hour 20. Right. It's it's a constant struggle, but we try to stick to. If we do a set list early and we feel like this is a good good flow through it, uh, we try to stick to that because mm-hmm. it's always about time too. We got two other bands on the tour. Sometimes right. there's an opening act too, um, and we don't want to fuck anybody, you know. Right. And 
also on festivals, you know, when you got 35 minutes or 40 yeah, minutes, it's it's, yeah. And then you need to be on time because that's there's bands playing after you, right? right. So, um, yeah, you got to respect that. So after Rock in the Range, this tour wraps up. What's next for In Flames? Well, we'll go pretty much straight into the festival season in Europe. Right. Uh, we got a bunch of festivals lined up. Um, I'd say 15 or 16 of them. So that's pretty much the whole summer gone. Cool. Yeah, and then we have some European dates coming up after that. So. Well, uh, thank you time taking the time to talk to us. Uh, no, well, thank you, man. And, Thanks for having uh, us. Good luck on the rest of the tour, and it's a pleasure talking to you, and I'm looking forward to the set tonight. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Thanks, man. All right, thank you. Okay, I'd like to thank Bjorn for taking the time to talk to us. In Flames always puts on a great show, and that show in Pittsburgh was no exception. If you ever get a chance to check him out, make sure you do. It's a kick-ass show. Also, pick up Siren Charms. It is a great album. Up next on the program, Aaron had a chance to talk to former Man of War guitarist David Shankel. David Shankel's current project, the David Shankel Group, or DSG, has a new album out called Still a Warrior. He talks to Aaron about that album, among other things. Before we get to that interview, though, here is a track from that album. This is a song called Suffer in Silence. Shankle on the phone, um, a guitarist who played with Man of War for a little bit, and now has been out solo on his own for a long time. So, David, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, bro. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. New record out, Still a Warrior on Pure Steel Records, and it's doing very well for us right out of the gate. We released the single about three weeks ago on iTunes and SoundCloud and CD Baby and Amazon.com. And then uh, the record, the full CD, was released in Germany on April 24th, and then uh, worldwide on April 28th. It's been a while since I had a record out, and I played in Manowar, just so you know, just about seven years. And uh, toured in 30 different countries with them, and have a double platinum CD with them called The Triumph of Steel, that I wrote half the songs on there with Joey DeMaio as well. I'm proud of that record, and it rides as a trophy on my shoulder everywhere I go. 
We're still brothers of metal. You know, my first two records after I was out of Manowar, Ashes to Ashes and Hellborn, are both on Manowar's label, Magic Circle Music. We did the Manowar Reunion Festival in 2005, and then DSG came over for one of their Magic Circle Fest in 2007 for the Hellborn record. Now, almost eight years later, I got another record out. I know it sounds crazy. It took a long time, but I went through a lot of personnel changes, a lot of different things going on in my life. My mom passed away two years ago, and I took some time off, but the record's done. It's out. I'm proud of it, and uh, I couldn't be happier, brother. And it's a great record. Um, one of the killer tracks I, I got I to gotta call out right away is Hitman. Oh, that's the instrumental track. Oh, yeah. my goodness. I love that track. Just absolutely love it. all my super guitar player friends that I've played on their records. You know, Roger Stauffenbach from Artention, yeah. Tommy Vitale, a solo artist, Parker Lundgren, the other guitarist in Queensryche. He's doing a solo. Uh, T.D. Clark, Joe Stump, and Michelangelo Badio. This is um, some of those guys the second time playing on a record with me. And uh, I played on Michael's, not last record, but the record before, Hands Without a Shadow 2, on a track called On the Double. He and I, uh, you know, I did a guest solo on his record. We're good friends. We've known each other a long time. And, uh, you know, I like to return the favor to guys that offer me a spot on their record. So, you know, this one, The Hitman's a little bit of a different track than the neoclassic progressive stuff that I write, like from E2, Daydreams, and The Voyage. This one's more of a funky, jazz, bluesy, up-tempo type of groove. I wanted to throw a little bit of something different in, and uh, it ended up working out pretty well for me. So well, I'm, gla- I'm glad you like it, brother. That, that's what I wanted to talk about, is the groove. That, that's what caught me, uh, caught me off guard. Cause, well, like, you know, I'm glad you mentioned the word groove, because most of the journalists... I have been talking to or that have gotten the record and have reviewed the record are saying, you know, they like the new singer, they think he's great, and that the songs have groove and it catches the listener's ear right out of the gate. Oh, yeah. So that's an important factor, and, you know, and that, that's good to know, you know. So hallelujah on that. Yeah, just the the groove just totally caught me off guard because everything was pretty pretty straight up to that point, and then just had such a great swing. I'm like, man, like that was a fun track to listen to, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, they're also pushing the demonic solo, which is in the movie uh, Jezebeth. Uh, producer Damian Dante, uh, Jeff Swanee from uh, Dark Star Records, and Lloyd Freeze. Uh, that I did that solo back at the end of 2009 yeah. with him for the girls, uh, Brie Michaels, who's the star of the movie. And they just wanted a minute and 40 seconds of just insane burning. This solo is not to be like stuff I've done in the past, the most melodic solo or anything. It's about full speed ahead, crazy arpeggios, string skipping arpeggios, tapping arpeggios over the net, full scales, and burning. And it's being hailed right now as one of, not the, but one of fastest guitar solos out there. And maybe Guitar World Magazine will finally recognize that and put me in their column for, you know, top 20 fastest solos, because I feel, and so do a lot of other people, it deserves to be there. But... If they don't recognize it, that's okay. Me, myself, and I, my band members, my family, my friends, my fans, and my students from Manowar to DSG, they all know, and that's what's important. Oh, and I completely agree with you. That solo is just dripping with testosterone and speed. Uh, that is just is just in that's your face, well just balls put, out. Brother, I like that. Very <laughs> well put. 
it's balls out. That's, and I'm glad you brought that one up because I was trying to find the Jezebeth connection because I saw that in the liner notes. And I wanted to ask more about that. So did they approach you? Like, how did yeah. that come about? Uh, Lloyd Breeze has been a good friend of mine and Jeff Swanee for a long time. And they gave me a call and said, you know, we've got this scene in the movie where this girl's going to be dressed up in these panties and a bra and looking really hot. And she's a vampire. And, uh, you know, Dean Guitarist donated a guitar when I was with him at the time and Randall Amp. And she's standing there and they're filming her. And what they did was we shaved the hair off my arms and painted my fingernails black. And they had like two different cameras uh, filming just my hands up close and playing the demonic solo. And then they did what they could to dub my hands in on her to make it look like she was playing it in the movie. And they did a pretty good job for the most part, I got to say. They did. Then I stood in front of a green screen and actually performed the demonic solo. And that's a video that is up on YouTube and has been up there since 2000, the end of 2009. That's it's cool. the uh, demonic solo for the movie Jezebeth by David Shankle. Anybody can go see it. It's up on YouTube with about 250 of my other videos as well. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, I have to go check that out. So, speaking of guitars and Dean guitars, I've, I've been, you know, checking out your gear here, and I see that you have a Dean 29 fret 7 string and a 36 fret 8 string. That, those are uh, the most intense guitars I've heard no, of. No 36 fret 8 string. Okay. That is, I don't know where you got that at. That was uh, on I the Dean site. a 29 fret custom signature Dean guitar when I was with him. I have no longer been with Dean guitars for about almost four years. Oh, wow. I'm with okay. a guy named Chris Grossman out of Romania called Grossman Guitars, and we have the new DS7 shred machine yeah. and the DS6 shred machine that are uh, a six string and seven string custom built to my specs, EMG pickups, Journey ball strings and my custom Kaler tremolo and my tremolo bar, which is the David Shankle shred bar, all built for me by Gary Kaler of Kaler Tremolos. I use strictly Kaler Tremolos on all my guitars. Killer, man. Now, I'm in the process right now of having a 31 fret six string and 31 fret seven string guitar being built right now by uh, Chris Grossman. So I should be getting those closer towards the middle or closer to the end of the year before NAM. So I've got two more coming to me on the way. I'm in the process of gearing up to shoot one of four of my instructional DVDs for the Shred Academy over in Germany. The band's got a new rehearsal hall and uh, we move in next week and start putting the set list together. And I do want to tell any DSG or Man of War fans that may be listening to this, I am adding some Man of War songs from the Triumph of Steel record when I was in the band. I mean, if I was going to play any Man of War songs, it's only fitting to play them on the record that I was on. So we're thinking about incorporating probably Ride the Dragon and maybe Metal Warriors into the set list. A lot of people have been asking me about bringing some Man of War stuff in, and I'm... Uh, you know, finally got the band I'm comfortable with to do that with, and uh, so I'm going to be definitely bringing some of my stuff in from Man of War into the new DSG set list. Man, that's going to be a fantastic set. Now, let's talk about those guitars here for just a second. So, 31 frets. Uh, looking at the way that you play, are, are you looking for just, like, higher notes, or are you trying to yes, expand in front of the like position the playing? Getting up higher on the neck in that violin range. Gotcha. You know, this is an over-three-octave guitar. This, You know, my Dean's a 29th fret, and it goes from the middle A 
up to the high A, and then the 29th fret is your third A. There's your three octaves of that. Well, this 31 fret, I figure I've got enough room. I've got this new custom pickup system I'm going to be working with. And I'm like, well, why don't I just add two more frets and go 31? So instead of stopping at A or A sharp, I can go right up to B. You know, it give me that extra little bit of range right now. So we're in the process of doing that with this new pickup system I'm working with. You know, it's, it's, you know, the problem you can have when you start getting extended frets is that neck pickup gets moved farther and farther away from the 22nd and 24th pickup position yeah. where you keep that bluesy tone when you flip the toggle switch up. Yeah. And I've learned over the years, you got to have like a three band EQ on your guitar, you know, that's got a bass treble and mids hooked up only to the neck pickup. So you could dial in the tone on the pickup that you're losing by moving it closer to the bridge. Some guys use single coils that are double stacked humbuckers. I'm an EMG guy. I used a BTC control which is a trouble in bass and it gave me back basically 85 to 90 percent of the tone that i like but uh, i'm working with a new pickup system that i'm going to be trying in these 31 fret grossments and if this works out for me it, it'll solve that problem don't matter how many frets i got once i flick it up to that neck pickup it's not using the neck pickup it's simulating your bridge pickup to sound like it's a, like it's uh you know, a neck pickup, so it's cool. Ibanez does that 30 fret guitar that has that neck pickup simulator. It works phenomenally. I'm working with something that's pretty similar to that. So now you're you're talking about like you know 31 frets. Are you extending like the scale length? Is the neck getting yeah. longer as well? Yes, the neck is actually longer, extending in farther to where the pickups are. Mm-hmm. Nice. Everything else is the same. You're just adding more frets. Instead of being 24, you're adding an extra five or six frets, which moves the neck pickup back farther, closer towards the tremolo and your bridge pickup, which changes tone of that pickup. And you either got to have, you know, a three-band EQ put in the guitar to adjust it or some kind of neck pickup simulator. Some guys use, you know, double-stacked humbuckers. Whatever works for you for what you're looking for. It's all about tone. So you're going more into the body then and not extending the neck away from the body then? Exactly. That's cool. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. So, one last question here. I'm a huge Man of War fan, um, and I would just love to hear any Man of War story that you have. Maybe a favorite Man of War story from your days with them, the tours, anything. Well, you know, being in Man of War for that time, everything was, you know, it, uh, everything was just a, a fun. It was a great time, and uh, you know, I have so many wonderful, fond memories of uh, being at, being in the show but I'll tell you one time I remember playing uh, we were we were playing I think it might have been either Madrid or San Sebastian Spain we were playing I don't remember what song it was and all of a sudden we saw just tons and tons of balloons falling over the top of our amps and we had like 50 stacks on stage well we thought they were balloons the road crew went out and got a bunch of condoms and blew them up and started throwing them over the top with fans and they were dropping these blown up condoms all over on stage that's awesome the crowd went crazy but it took us a little bit to realize what the hell these were until we were like okay so that's one of the crazy stories i sure do remember from man of war man that's awesome so dave thanks for sharing that thanks for being here um again um dave's album is out now pure steel records and you said it's it's pretty much everywhere, right? iTunes, yeah. uh, Spotify. iTunes, CD Baby, Amazon.com, SoundCloud. 
It's uh, Still a Warrior on Pure Steel Records. Uh, the official new website is www.davidshankel.com. Do not go to dsggroup.com or David Shankel Group. Those are old websites that, uh, you know, uh, Man of War was running a long time ago when I was still on their label, and those are dead sites. So the new website is davidshankel.com. Also, I want to thank everybody in the band, Warren Halverson, our new singer, Gabriel Anthony on drums, Mike Stryker on bass. And if anybody's interested in lessons, I do give guitar lessons over Skypes. Uh, I've been teaching for over 20 years professionally. I have a degree in music from Roosevelt University in jazz and classical guitar and music theory. And, uh, you know, you can reach out to me on both my Facebooks, David Shankle, David Shankle 2. We do have the official DSG fan page if people want to go there and give us a like and find out what's going on. And I have an official fan page as well. Hope you'll stop on by and uh, give us a like and, uh, you know, try and friend us so you can keep up with what's going on with the DSG camp, man. Go out, get the record, strap your balls to your legs because it'll melt your face off. DSG Still a Warrior, new CD out on Pure Steel Records now. Okay, thanks to David Shank for taking the time to talk to us. Again, the album is called Still a Warrior, and it is out now. That about wraps up this episode. I'd like to thank you for tuning in. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to drop us a line at ironcityrocks at gmail.com. You can also check us out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash ironcityrocks. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash ironcityrocks. Check out our Instagram at instagram.com forward slash ironcityrocks. And of course, check out our main website, ironcityrocks.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.